1: Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League. I'm Robbie Musto. He's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics: Manchester United overcome an emotional day, passing of Sir Bobby Charlton to find inspiration to beat Sheffield United two-one. Chelsea squander a two-goal lead at home to Arsenal to draw two-two in a tense and tight affair between Pochettino and Mikel Arteta's two sides. Liverpool grabbed two late goals, courtesy of Mo Salah, to defeat Everton 2-0 in a controversial Merseyside derby. And Man City avoid a potential scare with a 2-1 two win, win, two win against Brighton, but lose a key defensive figure for next week's Manchester derby. All and more in today's episode.
2: Well, mate, we, we've got to start this weekend with the, the very sad news that broke uh, on Saturday morning. Uh, the passing of uh, Sir Bobby Charlton who I think sometimes the word legend is bandied around in football, but certainly um, fits the bill when you're talking about one of the greats of not only English football, but world football, Rob. And I think the outpouring of emotion, of respect that people have talked about, everybody's got either a Sir Bobby story, a Sir Bobby photo, a Sir Bobby instance that they recall, Um And simply, Rob, for me, he was the most humblest superstar footballer I've ever met. Um, Had the chance to be in his company a number of times. Um, A lovely guy. Always calls you by your name. Always looks you in the eye as if there's nobody else in the room. There's there's always somebody of of knowledge who who wants to encourage you to go on. Um, And just a beautiful man as well as a magnificent footballer. Uh, It's a huge loss football and I, I think you just have to see the emotions and, and the minutes of, of applause or um, that was over this weekend that were done impeccably by everybody in this in the stadium that's how mm. with such high regard he's held in um, in football around the world
1: yeah well so Robin I, I think even the game today that we just watched at Villa Park you know singing his name you know is that sort yeah. of uh, player that, that people around the country, because of his legendary status of what he did as a footballer, coming through the Manchester United Youth Academy, Rob, and playing, I've got the numbers here, 758 games, you know, for Manchester United, scoring 249 goals. The England uh, numbers are good, and scoring 49 goals. He was a midfield player. So I think, you know, when you said earlier, Rob, about everybody has their kind of thoughts, my, my, my thoughts and memory to uh, footage that, you know, we don't see very often of the olden days of, of Bobby Charlton going through midfield and smashing a ball into the roof of the net from 25 yards. That's, yeah. you know, the images that I have of him. And and I think you're right. I think there's certain figures that, and, and that's why our our show, our, our NBC broadcast was dominated yeah. at the start of it when the news came out and even today. Because it, it, this is a, a big name, you know, a big name England World Cup winner in 1966. Um, I think it's just Jeff Hurst now, Rob, that that team really is that still team,
2: yeah. with mm-hmm. us.
1: Um, but Bobby, so Bobby Charlton, yeah, it's one of those huge, huge names, giant, really, of, of English football in our in our generation, Rob, and growing up yeah. to, to, to today, of course. Like it, it, he still probably, isn't he the biggest name in English football in our lifetime for what he's done at a huge club and with the national team of England? I, You know, the, the greatest... Uh, English footballer, Robin, uh, in our lifetime,
2: absolutely, Rob. I think without question. Um, I think you could go. You know, we travel around the world. You you, you go to a cafe. You, you you sit in a taxi. You talk English football. First thing people say is Bobby Charlton. It's like he's mm-hmm. a recognition of, of what English yeah. football is is becoming in a time, Rob, where social media and followers and likes and and, and people trying to build brands. He had a brand before anybody was even thinking and talking about it. So Bobby Robson, mm-hmm. you know, you used to see him, Rob, didn't you? With the, he could hit it as hard with his left foot as he could with his right. I don't know if he's right-footed mm-hmm. or left-footed. scored such mm-hmm. brilliant goals, was so empathetic to his team, you know, would give. Um, apparently, you know, in the final against West Germany, he marked French Beckenbauer rather than got forward and got goals. He, he, he was so giving mm-hmm. to the team. Um, And and it's such a loss to not only to to Manchester United in English football, but world football. And I I saw a brilliant line um, that that Pele once said that, you know, he could shoot in Mm. Manchester and he'd score in Rio de Janeiro. That's how (laughs) good he was. And, uh, you know, two legends paying paying a little bit of, of credit to each other. So, yeah, you know, sad day. Uh, it's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, there's a couple of games coming up this week in Europe, and then the the Manchester derby next week. Rob, we'll, we'll see how mm-hmm. Manchester United handle those um, those very which are going to be very raw and very emotional uh, when one of the two greats has left us.
1: Just, just last thing for me, Rob, it's interesting. We had a uh, Manchester United uh, legendary Phil Neville on our broadcast. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think. Well, Everything that that is Manchester united if you if you know what I mean, the way that they go about things, obviously under Tx Ferguson, it was continued superbly well. I think it goes back to him, and Phil Neville said that the way he carried himself in the stats uh, I just you know we'll see how the club go from now, Rob you know that's, yeah. that's such a, a big giant icon of the club and of English football gone now. See how the club move forward um I'm sure they're going to do the right thing over the next few weeks when there's games at old Trafford, but yeah a, a legendary person that's saddled on now. And our thoughts, of course, with uh, his wife, Lady Norma, and his daughters and grandchildren who survive him. So, um, no, it, it's uh, it, it was a big day yesterday. And I think we had to start the podcast with, um, you know, paying yeah. our respects as well. Um, let's move on to their game, Rob. Uh, Manchester mm-hmm. United away from home. Sheffield United, of course, knowing of that loss at that point, um, yeah. maybe extra motivation in their performance. They did get the victory that I'm sure... Of course, they all wanted, and the fans wanted. Two um, one win. Rob Dallo's. Yeah, you know it was a Bobby, Bobby Charlton like goal. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, from distance into the top corner to win Manchester United two one. Wasn't always a brilliant game of football. Manchester United no. still, for me, Rob are still actually like a couple of other sides. They're not the only. Like, still, they they're a distance off what they can do, what they did last year, and they're still trying to find a rhythm. Rob, they're still struggling yeah. to dominate and. To yeah. be a team that that we saw for large periods last year under Eric Ten Hag, they still can't seem to find their real strong, powerful rhythm.
2: Yeah. It's interesting you say rhythm because... I think last week, uh, if I, I call them, a, the, the, they're like a bit of an untidy team. You know, when you see neat football and nice mm. build-up United you know, on that team. And, and, and as I was watching them this weekend, I almost felt like, you, you know that mate, or you could be that guy, actually. You know, you, you see somebody uh, 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 on a dance floor, and they're not quite dancing to the beat. The beat's <laughs> going one way, and their feet are well, going the other. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it, if, if it feels like you, then you can raise your hand. But I, I wouldn't put that on you, mate. I've seen you, you <laughs> drop a few moves. But it, it's <laughs> almost like, yeah, they, they they haven't quite got the rhythm of the beat yet. Like mm-hmm. these 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 bits that start to work, and then there's other bits that oh, you lose a you lose trying to time in, and you go off off kilt a little bit, and then it comes back and. Do you know, it was really funny, Rob, because I was watching the game and I, at times I, I've been critical of Bruno Fernandes. At times I've been, you know, I've I praised him because I think, he at times, I feel, is almost playing at a bit of another level to some of his teammates. I get sometimes the sense, and I, I, I'm feeling sometimes his frustration that people aren't getting, he's got the rhythm. He's the guy who's got, who, who understands it, who feels the dance, and I get sometimes around him, some of the players haven't got that, and and I think it's starting to. Almost he's got to like big deep breath. Come on, I'm captain of Manchester United. Go get us through this. But it, I almost feel as though he he's thinking like, come on guys, we should be a bit better than this now. We 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 should be you know starting to knit this thing together. We've seen players go in. We'll talk about Unai Emery, Um the last game we've seen this weekend, what he's done at that football club in in less than 12 months. You know, we've seen Roberto Deserbi, you know, we've seen people go in and have an influence on their football club. Uh And for some reason, Manchester United still seem a little bit off where I think they should be right now, Rob.
1: Mm. I I agree, Rob. And it's, you know, I've, I've I've rarely criticised Bruno, Bruno actually, and I know he's mm. not perfect, but I, I, he's just one of my favourites in the league. He's just one of my favourites, yeah. and I, you know, I watch him kind of play in different spots. and He's played on the right hand side. He's played as a number ten in the game for the majority. He was he was a left sided number eight. He does. McTominay and Bruno are allowed to get forward, and McTominay scores. Scores, um, of course, the first goal after twenty nine It's a yeah. little bit against a run of play. So Bruno, yeah, but but I hear you. I mean, Rasmus Hoyland is settling in. So he's somebody, Rob, that, that I think is the fans have to be excited about. Like, you know, just just his his early movements, and I, I like what I see from him. Rashford yeah. is still struggling a little bit with confidence, and with impact. Anthony is is fading away for me, Rob, and I, I've always. I've I, I never really been short sure at the start. I, I wanted to give him time to see if he could be a consistent, effective performer and producer. We saw him, we've seen him a few times come inside, of course, and score goals on yeah. left foot, rolling inside and bending it in there, but but not enough consistency for me. One of my notes is Garnaccio better than Anthony. Garnaccio is better than Anthony. And mm-hmm. I know Garnaccio still young and he's raw, but I I, I just think he, and, and he's really, really good off the bench, you know, but he want to start yeah. games. I just think Anthony not doing enough. And when there's so many players, Rob, that we feel are down a little bit. I mean, mm. Amrabat's okay in there. You know, Lindelof playing at left, it's it shaken right, yeah. up a little bit in terms of their injuries. Um, but they're not. They're just not. Period well, in the first half, Rob. I'm thinking this just this looks like a, a mid-table team, Manchester yeah. United. And you yeah. know, they're a little better than that in the league table. And in the second half, they were better. Second half is more what you would expect. Dominant. You know, mm-hmm. when we watch Man United Rob of Time, you expect you expect to see certain things. You expect to see control, dominance, yeah. ability, talent, joined up kind of combination play and stuff. And like you said earlier, they've been clunky and they got the job done. They won the game, Robert, yeah. And maybe now that they can kick forward into some runner form because you know, gosh, you know, a club like this and the money that's been spent, and I know that there's some ownership thing, Rob. I don't know if you want to get into what Jim Ratcliffe, if he's allowed to buy 25% of the shares, might do. There's talk about, um, which interests me, right? Jim Ratcliffe, there's, there's talk of, yeah. he could get control of the football side of things, Rob. Wouldn't that be a, that would surely be a step in the right direction? Um,
2: It could be, Rob. I, I've got to say, I, I, I'm... Uh... I'm not totally sure what that means and and what that mm. in terms of so what the glazers still own 75% of the business mm. but are letting you run it you know letting you make the recruitment side of players, it wrong, recruitment although i hear was it is it Joel Glazer one of the glazers is going to be on the football committee that's going to have a say mm. in those things so how much well, have they got they, they up got up money not, mm. you you would you would think um that so i got to be honest Rob as uh, things with Manchester United and, and certainly just putting the Manchester United sale in its own little bag, I'm not quite sure what what that means. I think it's one of those we'd have to wait and see. Um, mm. But listen, it's a change and hopefully it's a change for the better. It's a change that can, I think, build a better relationship with the manager, uh, that he can start to feel that he's running this club and the club's all united behind him and they, they can go forward. But um, yeah, it's... Um, as ever, nothing's ever quite easy with Manchester United, and in, in this whole takeover in, in the Jim Ratcliffe. Now mm. the the um, the other offer has is, is fell away. I, I'm I'm not as maybe as confident sounding as you are that it's going to be all roses and we'll move forward and everybody marches on together. Uh, I still think that that Glazer influence is, is, is going to be mm. sort of a shadow over the club. Um, one shadow, one one player, Rob, and, and I'm going to go to my underappreciated player of the week, um, who some would say has been under a bit of a shadow for most of this season, and um, part of last season. And I'm going to go to a certain guy, uh, centre-back Harry Maguire, my friend, who made only second Premier League start of the season, started last time out against uh, Brentford in, in a win there, Going back to Sheffield, where I think the phrase up there is a bit muck and nettles contrast, like we're going to get stuck in and it's not going to be great football and Manchester United, you know, the great Manchester United are turning up at Bramall Lane. And I just thought that his performance, his influence, his experience, I think his mental strength having come through and still going through some difficult times where Everything he does is under the spotlight. Everything he does comes under criticism. Um, I thought he did a really nice interview with with our, our desk into the show after the game where he he did say you know it's been tough mentally. I think Tim asked him a really good question in terms mm-hmm. of how he prepared himself and he said it's been difficult, uh, but he's mm-hmm. professional His managers talked about you know that was more of what they're looking for. His numbers were good rob His he, blocks his clearances he, he, he he's um Security felt better, um, and I just think for for a guy who's been maligned, who's been well bullied, social uh, bullied on social media, and 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 put down in such a way, for him to continue to turn up, Rob, continue to take the stick, life can't be that great at the moment, um, and and sort of look to work his way back into the football team. I just thought High Maguire deserves a mention as my underappreciated player of the week because. There's still a decent centre back in there, and if, if it's not going to be at Manchester United, it will be somewhere else. But he's sort of shown that there's a bit of fighting there as well. You know, we've seen the Jadon Sancho thing where he's almost like down tools and not playing. Mm-hmm. This guy's mm-hmm. continued to, to 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 get put his kit on every week, sit on the bench if he needs to, come on and played in, in an important victory. He helped you know, assist I think last time out against Brentford. Thought he was man of the match performance uh, yesterday. Um so yeah, in a tough time, Harry Maguire's shown a little bit of, of the metal and fight that might just get him back into at least contention of playing for for United again.
1: Yeah, I mean they need him. I mean there's so many injuries mm-hmm. back there and, and I and I agree with a lot of that, Rob, and I think his attitude on the show was you know, I'm not going to lie. It's tough. It's been tough. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine what it must be like in his head to to mm-hmm. to he to to get the criticism that he gets so much, whether he's at United or, or of course Gareth Southgate continues to trust him at the international level. I think it's a yeah. good show, Rob. It's a good show. I mean, unappreciated, Yeah. I mean, at, at, uh, he certainly isn't with Gareth Southgate with England. We know that the manager absolutely appreciates and respects what he's done. The record with him in the England side, I think is very, very good. And I think you're right. I mean, it must be tough, Rob, to go out there for a club the size of Man United, knowing that if you make him... I mean, it's only a few weeks ago. He scored a goal. I can remember now. It's like, you know, you reached out and it went in. Yeah, yeah. everybody
2: jumped on it, didn't they? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so good shout. Good shout. I did play well Um, back Mm. there with Johnny Evans. I mean, it's it's, it's remarkable, really, those two. You know? the former Leicester guys back there for Manchester United but he had a good game and I think, it's, I think it's a good shout to give his character a mention Rob, what a good character he's got yeah. just being able to get on there and play well given and, and by the way you you have a few games like that Rob you have a few games like that and the fans not just us but the, the Manchester United fans will respect that as well yeah. and, and he, yeah, and he, he can, will he can turn us respect. around and, can't he? Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, so,
2: yeah fair play you know, yeah, McTominay yeah, is probably another one who's, who's who's in that similar vein. He's mm-hmm. now becoming, as you said last week, I think an important player for them, Rob. It's got McTominay. Yeah, you know, yeah. getting goals, yeah, and making can, things happen. Yeah. yeah. Friday.
0: Friday. It's almost like whoever named Friday knew it should be celebrated with free fries. Free Fries Friday at McDonald's. Get a free
1: medium fries with any purchase of a dollar or more on the McDonald's app. Bada ba ba ba
0: Offer valid through 930 to participate in McDonald's excludes tax. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com active cash.
1: All right. Let's, let's move it on, Robbie O. Mm. Let's move it on. The next game on our, on our little list and um, big, big game. Yeah. Arsenal Derby. Big Chelsea Derby. Two, mm. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea 2, Arsenal 2. Goals from Cole Palmer. Um, from the penalty spot, of course it was yeah. uh McCullough with the mishit cross that went over the top of the goalkeeper. Zachary Which he said he meant, times. apparently. He said he meant. Oh, did he say it? Uh, no, don't wow. yeah, right. do me
2: do me a favor, Mudri, please.
1: Brilliant. And then Le- Leandro Trottel scores in the 84th minute, mm. I think it was to make it two-two. Yeah. Um but there's some words on Chelsea, Rob, because I particularly first yeah. half, like they, they're yeah. really starting to come together, and you can see the mm. confidence. Their, the energy they've got, the fans are behind them from a t- start and a terrible few months, really, when you go back to last season, yeah. the, the, the form that they've been in for a long period of time now. He's starting to find, I feel, consistency with the lineup. I, I'm a big, I really like Cole Palmer. It was a decision yeah. to play him as a, as a false nine, Rob, false with, nine. with yeah. Yeah. Connor yeah. Gallagher close to him. Mm-hmm. um and jack nicholas jackson was on the bench came into the game yeah. later on sterling's looked sharp on the right hand side mudrick's with the more games you know with things that are happening i did a little mm-hmm. uh, analysis of him a couple of weeks ago rob in our studio and um he actually is involved in quite a lot of the good stuff that chelsea done over the recent weeks so yeah. I, I think they're starting they're starting to look a bit more of a, a an identity about this team
2: yeah absolutely it, yeah, I sort of wrote a couple of things as the game was going on. And, and as you say, also didn't play particularly well in the first half, but I, I think that would also be taking a bit of credit away from Chelsea. Mm. Um, I, as I was watching Chelsea, uh, and if, listen, it's 77 minutes, Rob, everything's going to plan. Sanchez makes an error, Rice takes a good goal, yeah. and all of a sudden they're back in it. But if they if they had to finish differently, I think that's almost like, Oh, that's what Poch is doing. That's, that, I can totally see where, where he's at. And my sort of takeaway was, I thought that was a glimpse into the future of what Chelsea could look like. But it was also yeah. a realisation of actually where Chelsea are right now. Some lack of uh, experience, some poor decisions allowed a team, a, a, a decent team back into the game, which, which they should have won and, and, and seen out. But there was the... I felt that Chelsea dis- will be disappointed, obviously, to be 2-0 up with 30 minutes to go and end up drawing 2-2. But there's a lot of good things they can take out of that game. I think there's a lot of good things. There's, there's a lot of, mm. of decent players who've shown up, Rob. They played Liverpool. Mm. They played Arsenal at Stamford Bridge. We were at the uh, Liverpool game, first game of the season. I do not think that, mm. I thought they played reasonably well that day, you know, to 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 get a draw. And I thought, similarly, take, take out the, the, the two late goals that obviously... Uh, has hurt them, but I think Pochettino and, and, and that young group of players can take almost like a bit of a step forward in terms. I thought Kukurea was excellent for them, Rob, uh, at left back, a player who has been a bit maligned and, and people were, were mm. talking about him going out the door. I think Conor Gallagher's growing as a Chelsea player. I think he mm. his he, influence, his maturity has been. Cole Palmer's been a, a, good, a great little find for them, uh, good business. At a time when, you know, they've they've had injuries. Um so I think there's there's a lot of, you know, that Ryan Sterling's form's picked up and he and looks really involved and, and and lively again. So I think there's a lot of good things starting to happen at Chelsea. And you know, I don't think they should just focus on that last thirty minutes when, you know, Arsenal came back into the game and maybe could have could have nicked it later on. Um mm. that, that you know, Pochettino, that that's what Poch is about. That's the what this group is about. And given time, they can start to put some ninety minute performances together that will hopefully see him over the line.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's still really good players to come into this team, Rob, uh, that will make them better. I I, I really think that a back is for them. They started in a different way, didn't they, Chelsea? And I, and they're mm-hmm. lacking numbers in attacking areas. Yeah. By by going to a back four, it's literally more people in advanced positions for them. Of course, you've got Ben Chirwell to come back a left back. I agree, Cougar yeah. did really, really well, but Ben Chirwell is better as a left back. Reese James mm-hmm. is close. Right. And I just think the midfield triangle, if you put it that way, with Enzo, Caicedo and Conor Gallagher, is kind of yeah. interesting, Rob. It's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. And I hope the manager sticks with it because, you know, in some ways you might say, is there a star kind of creator in there? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Those, and by the way, recently, you know, and I, I think I'm right in saying this, it's been Caicedo next to Enzo Fernandez. Remember yeah. that little period yeah. of time, Rob, when Enzo mm-hmm. was playing as a 10 almost? Yeah, and I'm higher like, up, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like where he is now next to Caicedo and I like where Conor Gallagher is. That Gallagher is, just yeah. needs to start scoring, you know, just to, to, to get a couple in, one of his backside to score a goal, to get... Because I think he could be a regular scorer, Rob. And, and I just... When you look at other midfields, I'm thinking about the Liverpool midfield of, of uh, yeah. four or five years ago and you've got the energy. There's a, there's youthful mm-hmm. energy. There's defensive power in Caicedo. There's the the, the, um, the scoring potential Gallagher, the creativity of Enzo. I kind of like... The combination of qualities in that midfield three, and yeah. again, I, I I just reiterate, really hope that those three stay and get used to each other because I think that's what you're starting to see now is players being used to playing with each other. The centre forward thing is still, and maybe when Nkunku comes back, Robert, it will change yeah. a little bit. That's still the you know, but Cole Park's ability to play as a nine, he could play on the left hand side. of has a quiet period rolling inside. It, it's. I'm starting to enjoy Chelsea, and I and I, I love it when, when you can see patterns start to to happen, and that's what we're seeing. Just just a couple of of talking points, Rob. Yeah. So there's the penalty um, for handball on uh, and William Saliba. Oh,
2: Saliba. Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: I, um, I, felt I I think we'll be
2: seeing this on 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 the, yeah. the the now famous Howard Webb um, VAR show with, with 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 Michael Owen and. I think Howard will be giving us an explanation as to why it's given and how it's given and that. But ugh, uh, listen, I, I don't like it, Rob. I, I, didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like that. In the action of trying to defend and go for a, a header, yeah. the ball hits his arm from it, – it's got to be two yards away from his, the, yeah. the, the header uh, in distance, and that's deemed as a penalty. I mean, it, it just feels like it's wrong to me. But th- th- this offside, we're basically in a position, Rob. You mem- remember when we used to, I think it was last season or something, we were doing Champions League games and we basically said, Do you know what? If it hits a hand or arm now in the box, it's a penalty. Let's just let's mm. just go down that route. Because it leaves mm. it a lot easier and we don't all get ourselves wound up by it. I almost feel it's getting like that in the Premier League now.
1: I, I, I just, I can't. Feel so strongly about this one, Rob. Again, and 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 what what's annoying, right, is when I hear, by the letter of the law, mm. by the letter yeah. of the law, yeah. It, yeah. It, it wasn't a penalty because the let, it, it, the way it's written now and it got changed in the last couple of years is pretty simple. To, we said this before. I'm, I think I said yeah. this in the last yeah. Yeah. podcast. Yeah. It's either got to be a deliberate hand to ball, or like mm-hmm. you're moving. You, you know, yeah. I think mean, we, we saw one of them as well. By the way, somebody got away at the weekend. Just or. You know, was it was it other arms in a, in the position you'd expect in that yeah, specific play? And yeah. William Saliba is desperately trying to reach forward, and the and the arm the arms naturally come out. Now, if 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 maybe the officials haven't played football a lot or at a high level, don't understand that, that players always need leverage, then that's a problem because that that that's the law. The law is, yeah. do you think that his arms were kind of normal for for, for that action? And I thought they're exactly normal. I did post on social media Rob a video because we had good angles, yeah, McCulloch Mudrick, who heads the yeah, ball yeah, doing the same thing his arms he's in the, same, in, position. Arm's the in arms, same position the two arms
2: the two arms are in exactly the same position, so if yeah. it's okay so, for the attacker, but it's not okay for the defender or I mean, have again maybe yeah. I yeah. can't wait for the Howard Webb show so Howard can give us the you know the, the um little leaf um hole they've got loophole they've got somewhere where there'll be a reason that he can justify that it actually is a penalty
1: yeah the it's, it's they'll think it's you know, I, I've, I i i can't i wouldn't be able to watch it because you know if you can't realize what's natural for a footballer mm. it, basically they're asking now players, uh, players Jump defenders your to, to players yeah. you've in got a hand, natural way. hands down.
2: Yeah. Which is which means you can't get any leverage, which means you can't jump for the ball, which means right. you do that yeah. two or three times, you'll be sitting on the subspent you manage to manager going what you're doing.
1: Yeah. And also, by um, the way, Rob, final one on this players' arms being up is also to protect the protect your, the heads. You know? Yeah. So we've yeah. Got, it's got a jump. Me and up. you, Rob, we've got mm. a jump. We're gonna bang heads because like arms are up to act as buffers. Yeah. These things are they're buffers, and, and and the other player does it, you stop the heads banging. So yeah, honey, that that was a big decision. In the game, Rob. Um, yeah. Goalkeepers. Oh, oh, good. I'm right? glad you've
2: gone there because I've got GK's oh, no. big circle. No, so I don't know if we're we're down going down the similar route. But I thought, well, let's talk Go about on. goalkeepers. Um, hmm. R- Raya, goal Goldfoss. Like, has has had some good moments. Has had a couple of not so good moments, including one at the weekend. Um, I thought for the first time Rob looked a little nervy, like it started to get to him a little bit. Um, and I was thinking about goalkeepers because you know uh, Robert Sanchez at the other end, and you know we're talking about an ex-Brighton goalkeeper and an ex-Brentford goalkeeper now playing in, in at, at another level, really, at, at bigger clubs where the intensity is right. More so, you know, with with, with Raya and. The Ramsdale thing and how that's all played out, and you know, Ryan then tries to get one off his feet. That I think it's Cole Palmer who, who intercepts, and, and if he scores, we're talking about something very different. Um, there's absolutely no doubt, and I, and I believe some Arsenal fans were shouting for Ramsdale, which is it adds another layer to it. People are going to question: Is it the right decision? Does he stay in? When do they swap him in and out? But it's also robbed. It, it made me think about. When you sign for, for a Premier League club at any level, it's, you know, there's a gamble. You go in, you've got to prove yourself. But, like, as an outfield player, I always used to think, you know, we were centre midfield players. I used to think, if the game's not starting well or you, you're a bit off it, I can go and find the game. I can go and run round and block a back mm. and go and win a header. Mm. And do, mm. I can do a couple of things that can get me into the game again and get me back mm. in a level thing. Oh, I'm good again now. Right, I'll get, I'll get mm. back to my mm. game. Is a goalkeeper. You make an error, or something goes in, a goal goes in that you you should have done better with, or you misplay a ball out and it gets blocked, and you you know it could have gone in the back of the net. You have to basically stand there and wait for the next incident to come to you. Yeah. So you can't run your nerves off. You can't influence a game by you know come flying out your goal and tackle somebody. You have to almost be patient and have a certain personality. It's going to be interesting to see how how Raya handles the next couple of games, especially if if, if something goes wrong.
1: Okay, um, l- let me say it this way: I'm, I'm going to be a bit quicker, Rob. Robert Sanchez is not up to the level of Chelsea. Not up to mm-hmm. that level. He wasn't. He was questioned at Brighton. It wasn't even the first choice, I think at the end he got let, he, he lost his place a little bit. he has made several errors now when we watched we watched so many of these games it's mm. like oh, that was a bit awkward, okay, you know, and then another oh yeah, that was a bit of a mistake it's got too many now where i'm thinking, oh this is this is awkward mendy wasn't the answer Keppel wasn't the answer. Robert Sand was a kind of a left field recruitment decision when there were so many players and I don't, I don't think he's good enough as a goalkeeper for the club where, where it wants to go to. That's the first point. David Ryarob, if if everything that Mikel Arteta said is we to believe it, it, it should be out the side now. We should have like we've had a couple of circumstances. You tried to play the ball out again. You gave it straight to the opponents that didn't score in that situation. You can question, you know, whether the starting position was a little bit. He was passing. Yeah, near post it, on the, near on post. Yeah, I'm not it's so sure about good, that because I don't good, really
2: know yeah. where I should be. So yeah. I just
1: think there's, the been, there's been yeah okay. There's, there's been there's been enough now given. Your player on the bench is so excellent of last year, and there's nothing wrong. If there's a if there's a sense of you know you, you, you're laughing there, mate, you, 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 you're giggling. It's just if there's going to be it's going to be humans. Well, this is it, isn't it? He's had a few games. No, he doesn't look great. Right. Now Ramsdale comes in for a bit.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I've got. I, I, see, uh, this is how we think. How we we think, didn't we? I'm going down another route, as they say in, in the US. If I'm, if, if, if I'm Chelsea, I'm phoning up and saying I'll take Ramsdale. Give me Ramsdale, my friend. If if if, if you if you're not going to use him, because Ramsdale is the level he you're talking he about. They won't I let think. him go.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. They mm-hmm. won't let him go, Rob. I don't think they let uh, him go. Well,
2: well, it, Ramsdale's talking about he has to go and play somewhere. He's going to be in the Euros. If, if Ramsdale starts dropping his lip, and they think, oh, is he going to be right for us and whatever, I'm just saying that if if if, if He's overlooked by Arteta or Arteta thinks. I know Arteta wants the two goalkeepers and all that, and we've heard all the reasons behind it. Never. If I'm Chelsea right now, I'd I'd go and put it amongst them. I'll I'll take Ramsdale because I think he's the right level. I think he's the level that you're talking about that Chelsea need.
1: Absolutely right. Absolutely right, bro. And that's why, you know, it's like... Okay, like, it should be back in the side for me. The only thing I would say, Arsenal, and it's been quite clever, Raya's only on loan, isn't he? I don't think yeah, it's an obligation I mean, to yeah, buy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it could be like a year's experiment. And Mick Arteta might, might have already said to, to to Aaron Ramsdale, like, listen, this is going to be a year. Let's see. Let's see, you know, how it shakes out. But it could be number one again pretty quickly. They, they might not sign David Raya on the back of a season that wasn't as good as they thought he was going to be. I would just say... I can't think it's many more games, Rob. Before the managers, like, okay, you oh, know, we have another great based guy. on what he said. If
2: not, I think you lose. I think you lose Ramsdale after that. I yeah, think Ramsdale sort of been okay. You know, I'll, I'll give it that yeah. time, and then you see a couple of things, and nothing happens, and I yeah. think it, it changes the dynamic a little bit. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one for for Arteta uh, or to, to manage his, his <laughs> way through. Um, mm. Another one I just want want to go to, and again, I, I think I've talked about. Him and the influence, and Declan Rice, my friend, who possibly could have ended up with Chelsea, with you know, was there as a kid, mm-hmm. got let go, you know, maybe got outpriced uh, in terms of money. But when you think of Enzo, Caicedo and Rice, that's, I think this be the highest ever paid uh, mm-hmm. Premier League transfers, playing in the midfield. Yeah. Declan yeah. Rice, my friend, has bought. A drive and a maturity, and I know he's what was he twenty four or something, but played an incredible amount of games and 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 rarely is injured. Um, that's going to be important to to Arsenal for going for the challenge of the title this season. brings that the, they're in a better place with him. There's a, there's a mentality about him that that I love. The way he took the goal, the way that he drives on. I talked about him a couple of weeks ago against Man City. Him in front of him in that midfield makes them so much better. Just makes them more I don't, I'm not sure what the word is, but something that bring what you want to bring. We got Declan Wright and the ELD. Odegaard's a beautiful player, lovely feet, great vision, you know, passes the ball. Um Jorginho, if he's playing or it's party or whoever, you know, have their strength. Declan Rice has almost like a belief in in himself and and what he's doing in his in the group. I think he's such a big influence on that group after a short space of time. Um and if he can stay fit uh, which is going to be important, he's he's going to have a big say in, in in what happens at this for Arsenal this season.
1: Don't disagree with you, but first half didn't think he played well. No. He played as a midfield no, number
2: 8. He actually said in his interview like his first Five ten minutes of the games were terrible. He couldn't get himself into it. And I don't think that's right. But great players don't always play great, but great players find a way of getting back in the game, of affecting the game, of getting a goal, of assisting somebody or helping somebody out. I just feel like he, he almost looks like he's, he's 28, 29. He's been in the game, you know. I know. He's still, he's still a young man, but he just carries something about him of that I think Arsenal have lacked in in the past that that fulfills them in a different way than, than the, the,
1: they've got. Yeah, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. And that's yeah. why we both agree it was a brilliant sign-in. a lot of money. But he's... my point is, Rob, it's still... That midfield three for Arsenal, it still isn't right. It isn't no, right. No, no, the balance I mean, isn't the right. Side, no. The balance no. isn't right. Kai Haver's meant to be the player to play the left yeah. side at number eight. Correct. And he hasn't worked out. So now Declan Rice, who's so good at different roles in midfield, mm-hmm. and he can do that. And he's been playing that. But then you've got Jorginho holding... Yeah. Which isn't the answer. Odegaard yeah. I thought was a little quiet. So you know where I, I, I kinda like the Chelsea midfield three right now, the Arsenal three, and it was Jorginho Odegaard and Rice. Yeah, it, it still don't quite feel right. Now it might be most party that comes to play the holding player where Jorginho is mm-hmm. and, and Rice is on that left hand side. I'd still love so much though Declan Rice's ability to defend from a central number six position, centrally yeah. protecting, more than being sometimes up the field, it's out the game defensively. Because yeah. that's the game. And now he can do that. Anyway, we, we, we go on a bit. Like, my point is, that midfield three, and I think that's, what has quite, for Arsenal, and they're still trying to find that, slick rhythm that we saw, Rob, as the start of last year, yeah. when we went yeah, over, in the quite UK, we saw, football. we saw him in, in the flesh, like, from 20 yards away, and I was like, wow, they, they still haven't quite done it. I mean, fair play, great character, they come back, and Saka puts a brilliant yeah. ball in, for Trothard, who, I just really like Trossard, Rob. I'd I would i would sooner have him in the side than well, I guess when you've got your today Jesus, and Saka, that probably is your front three. But I've got to say, I would yeah. at times play Trossard instead of Jesus up front, but I think Trossard's got more creative production of him than, than Jesus. So that's that's just my personal take on that. Um but anyway, just to sum this one up, Rob, we talked a lot about this yeah. one. Good plans for Chelsea. Finding finding a a, a a identity, and Arsenal still haven't found it. Unbeaten, like they're unbeaten. They they've been unbeaten for for a while. Yeah, year unbeaten. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but still still quite quite fine. Their top mojo and their and their slick <laughs> best football. But now maybe Mer- has come back to to full fitness, maybe we will start to see it. But no, good game by the way. Good yeah. game, proper game, game. Really enjoyed it. Okay, my friend, let's move it on to the Merseyside Derby, the, the first game
2: of the weekend. It's the early kickoff. Uh, obviously, not one that Jurgen Klopp ever likes to play the early kickoff, especially mm-hmm. after the internationals when he's had players away. Um, but Everton, I think we always knew what Everton were going to be difficult to play against. We're going to make it hard for, for Liverpool to have good possession, to, to, to play their flowing football, especially at Anfield. Um, Incident packed game, my friend. Uh, incident-packed game. I think it was one of those where, you know, if, if, you, if you just sort of said you didn't see the game but said, oh, Liverpool won 2-0, you'd probably think, ah, pretty routine. They maybe got a goal first off. Arsenal, like Everton, defended quite well, and then they found a way to get second. But I didn't think it was that routine, I've got to be honest. I didn't think it was, it was a routine 2-0, will, 2-0 win. Mm-hmm. And again, mate, we have to go to some referee incidents that shaped the game. Um, yeah, I mean uh,
1: do you want to start?
2: No, you, you, you talk well, us, you talk us through those Let me talk you know, what I saw is three three big controversial incidents that, around the game. Well, Ashley Young two yellow cards, sending off. I don't have too much argument with with either no. of them I have got to be honest. Um I don't think Sean Dyche, in fairness did. You a little surprised Ashley Young ends up going to ground in in allowing the contact, if that's what we'll say. But um two yellow cards it goes off. Okay. We then have a... Ibn Mekanate is on a yellow cord, then runs across the line of Beto. This contact, Beto goes down. He's on a yellow cord. It looks, in terms and purposes, like it's a foul, which is given no yellow cord. Canarte is allowed to stay on the pitch. Minutes later, minutes later, by the way, Jurgen Klopp drags him off because he realises, mm. wow, we've got away with one here. Mm. Um, and then from there, Liverpool go on and get a penalty kick courtesy of um, a Michael Keane handball that I think was yep. a handball. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go yep. back to the Canate one, which, which Everton and Sean Dyke certainly, uh, and I can understand exactly why he's he's asking the question, how is w- one player on, in a blue gets two yellow cards for two fouls, and a player in red gets one yellow card for two fouls, and is allowed to stay on the pitch and get substituted, and in the end, Liverpool go on to win the
1: game. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 I kind of agree with your intimating there, Rob. Very, very lucky. I, I don't, you know, it looked like a well, foul like that when he's not really attempting to play the ball. It is unsporting mm-hmm. behaviour to stop okay. him going by. Now, some might argue and did, I can't remember his commentary. You know, it wasn't a lot of contact. But I think yeah, when you saw from the reverse him it, angle, yeah. Or, mm. the gym, yeah, Jim, it, yeah, when you look at it, it's like he, he's just done enough to grab him, yeah, to stop him, on yeah. a potential breakaway, which, mm. which is, you know, the laws sort of say, you know, if there's if there's a in a, in a, a transition or a, a potential attack, if you start deliberately, then it's a yellow card. Yeah. I thought he was very, very lucky, Rob. Very, very lucky. And on, and on the same point, really, Rob and. And again, I have no problem with the Ashley Youngs. It just, it seems now, mate, that the yellow cards are so easy to get. You know, and I know that they've clamped down on kicking the ball away or, or surrounding referees. It just seems that the difference between a foul and a yellow card is hardly anything. It's yeah. hardly anything. And then players get on one yellow card, there's another foul, and then people are like, well, well that was just like the other one. It, I, I'm, I'm seeing every game pretty much, Rob, where I'm like, Who's going to get sent off with two yellows? I think we've seen, again, I don't know what the data and the the numbers are on this. It's just, I don't, I'm not a fan of the foul. Seemingly every foul is almost a yellow card and you're going to get two of them in a game and and there's so many players that are sent out. They have a game suspension based on tiny mistiming tackles. Gosh, there's been so many, Rob. And I I just, I think I, I just thought this weekend, Two things I thought, Rob. I thought, well, three things. The handball stuff again continued to be difficult to read. The yeah. the, the escalation in, in yellow cards, and also, Rob, again, you know. And I, I apologise for if we're going on about this a little bit for VAR. I feel like every challenge in the game, the referees like that. Hold on, checking that, <laughs> checking for this, checking for outside the box, checking for a potential red card, checking for a handball, and the, where, where the commentators like, where? What was that? It's like that yeah, yeah. please please use VAR less. It's only there for howling, awful, stand up office your couch errors that, that everybody sees. And yet it seems to be used, Rob, in a refereeing sense more than I've ever seen it done before since its introduction four or five years ago now, where it's like the referees are so scared, I think. It's like stop, let's just check that. Mm. Let's just don't re referee it. Please referee the game and it's there to stop any terrible errors. Um and that's all I'm gonna say about Blimmin referee and VR for this podcast, Rob. <laughs> but I just feel it, yeah. there's a couple of things I just thought, wow, these yellow cards all the time. We we want to see a game of ten against ten. Yeah, for players not doing much wrong. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um one player again who I, I, I've mentioned a couple of times this season, and I just think again he he deserves another, um, another mention, is uh, Mo Salah, my friend, who comes up with the goals, one from a penalty, one from a break a quick breakaway Domin Nunes. Pace, um, exploited Everton obviously pushing on and down to 10 men trying, mm-hmm. trying to maybe get something mm-hmm. from the game. But mm-hmm. I think seven goals, four assists now, in nine Premier League games for Salah. It's 104 goals. I saw uh, somewhere stat that he scored at Anfield, as many as Kenny Delgweek and Stephen Gerrard. Um, you know, the player that you know, start like, let's go back a few months, Rob. It was talk that he, he might not be at the football club, that he was going to go to the Saudi League and they were going to lose him, and how would they replace him? His numbers for a team that are going to challenge or look to challenge for a title are irreplaceable right now. And I was thinking that Arsenal haven't got one at the moment. Chelsea haven't got one at the moment. Man United haven't got one at the moment. All right, they bought a young kid who they hope will be a Spurs haven't got one at the moment because now they've let Harry Kane go. That player who's going to get you enough, the goals to win you a title, Liverpool have got Mm. and he's a blessing He's an absolute blessing. Well, he didn't particularly play that that well, um, I didn't think. I thought Mikalenko did, did a, a pretty good job on him for, for most of the game. But he has the confidence when the penalty comes. He clips one over Pickford when the second one comes. He takes his goal tally on. He takes his assists on. He just keeps delivering. Um, I just think he, he's another who sometimes, you know, his numbers are incredible and we sometimes just brush over. Oh, two more salad goals. OK, let's move on. I mean, it's incredible. What mm. this guy does on a regular basis is, is is absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a point in the second half Rob, where Liverpool were piling on, trying to get the mm. through goal. all five of those forwards are on the field. I think one of yeah. them was playing left wing back. I mean, it might have been Lukic. Yeah, to yeah.
2: back he took off semicas, yeah. didn't he, and, and played. Him right yeah, left. yeah.
1: Yeah, they got all those five forwards on there mm. found a way. I mean, back to Everton, I thought I, I thought they looked really, really solid. Yeah, you know, and they that the one, one yeah. started four, four, really one. strong, really mm. good defensively. Michael Keane, his hand is is quite a way away from his body there to give that that one away, and it always seems to Michael Keane you know own goal yeah, or stands on the yeah. ball or you know it's just unfortunate that way. Um, but but fair play, Liverpool. I'll tell you what's interesting, Rob, and sort of, you picked up on it because it's the sort of thing that you look for a lot. Jürgen Klopp after the game. You know, yeah. we, we know Anfield, he always does the, the bangs his chest fist and his yeah. fist pumps. There was a lot of it. There was a lot mm. of it afterwards, more than I've ever, almost ever seen. Is he, and I'll throw it as a question to you, yeah. is he revving up the fan base to say, listen, we're in it. We, we can do it this year. We can uh-huh. win the title. Start to believe it. Let's get it going. I, I felt like he was it's- really revving up the fans to to try and build a real big head of steam.
2: It's really interesting you said that because I've I've got a note here. And and again, one of the things somebody talked about was the atmosphere because, you know, they're redoing one of the the stadiums at the moment. So the capacity is a bit down. So maybe there's not quite as much noise. Not sure if it's home or away fans or combination. It's not there. But there's something that, that that I wrote down, Robin, and it was kind of part of that clock thing and part of the, the game as a whole. And he even, you know, he came out after in, in in fairness was was honest enough to say he thought Canate could have gone, he thought they were a bit lucky. But the I've 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 wrote a note where I said there's still part of me that feels Liverpool are convincing themselves that the title contends, as much as they're convincing us. I still there still like feels like there's two or three good wins or two or three real top performances that are going to go, yeah, they're, they're in it or are Liverpool really in it? I still feel it's like in the balance and, and, and it's interesting that you picked up on Klopp. I think he's trying to ignite the fans, to ignite the players, mm. to ignite the football club. Mm. When, when they were mm. chasing City, you felt it, didn't mm. you? We went to the yeah. training and you felt that they were, you know, that, that they felt that they were going to win the title the year, the year they did it. I remember, we saw them in pre-season, and Jordan Henderson was like, it, "I can't believe how positive he was." And yeah, we, we we're going for it this year. And I just don't feel they're quite in that spot at the moment. And maybe that's mm-hmm. where Klopp, you know, is great at—you know—the fist pump, the emotional stuff, mm-hmm. the you know, connecting with the fans. I just feel maybe that, that's where they are right now.
1: Yeah, like like Robbie's trying to hug him there. You know, come on, you you know, we are we 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 need you. We need you to try and get to there. The the one thing, thing that's interesting, Rob, watching you know the lineup of course before the, the game came off is suburbs line, McAllister and Gravenberg all started yeah, the game in midfield. Yeah. And i yeah. I feel like if if Ryan Gravenberg is the real deal and he's ready to be the real deal at this in this team at this club, which yeah. is very difficult to that then hmm. I think it's on. I on, honestly think it, it's it's on. Does McAllister um, play
2: as you six, uh, though, Rob? So you, you'd have yeah, to, have have to. You Yeah, six.
1: Well, I think so. I mean, again, McAllister, hmm. that's not his best position. Again, there's times where he just... I mean, his passing range is brilliant, but it's still a few times he gets caught on the yeah, ball a little bit yeah. in that So I don't know. I mean, like I, I, I hear you. And I think my biggest concern would still be defensively. It still is. And I know Trent moves into midfield. put on lie and all that, yeah. and um, that works quite nicely. I still, you know, Kanate, you know, I guess if, if I know what I'm getting out of most of those players, Greenberg and field, don't know. Kanate, I think I know what I'm going to get out of him, and it's really important. He's on the right side to to, yeah. to cover for Trent when he moves inside. Key player, key, key player. I, I feel like Kanate is for the team, see what they can yeah. do. They're going to miss Robertson, Rob. You know, to your point of, are they really ready to have a title tilt? He's mm. such a good player, Robertson, in so many different ways. They're going to be messed with. done his shoulder. He's going to be out for many, many weeks, I believe. Um, yeah. Uh, again, the goals and the creative part, no problem. Soboslai, even though he's been away, captain in Hungary, he's still yeah. running like into sure. the game. So, yeah, good, good win for them. But but it wasn't easy. You're right. And Everton, I'll tell you, like, yeah, they, they, they made lost. it very difficult. Yeah. Really great. But uh um, no, the red I Sky just gotta mention too.
2: two and no, and Jacore, I thought Rob, for and no one I thought putting at a performance. I, I like him. I think there's a footballer in there yeah. somewhere, he's times a little yeah. bit loose and you know, fouls and whatever, but I like him and Decoray continues to, to, to be, you know, a really important part of what they do. So, about a little bit for, for Everton and Sean Dykes yeah, because he, he's done his work, he's, he's set his team up, he knows what they've got to do. And to a certain degree, you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin does better with that first header that comes in the box early in the game. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it might look a bit. And they different. get the red
1: card, Rob. You know, and another
2: yeah. game they get the red card. Yeah, against... the red card. Yeah, and and then all yeah. of a sudden we ten v ten, and it looks and maybe feels very different. But um, mm. Liverpool got the win, and they got a bit of luck. Maybe they didn't get they didn't get it uh, at Tottenham recently. Um, get the two points and and keep them up there with the rest of the front runners.
0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
2: Okay, mm. let's move it to a team who moved to the top of the table with a, a, a 2-1 win against Brighton. Um, playing against Brighton's never a, a particularly easy game anymore with Zerbian and any setup and it was interesting Rob before the in uh, his pre-match um, press conference before the game Pep had even talked about Deserby being the next Man City manager. We know with Pep, he, he, he likes throwing out all, all the compliments and then beating you, um, you know, just to just to prove a point. Um, but I have to say, I, I was keeping an eye on this game, doing one or two things, but it almost looked to me as though City were a little bit back to the City we've expected uh, over the last few years. good football. Mm-hmm. Plenty of chances, getting to those areas that, that behind the back line and, and causing problems, pulling the ball back, and, and a threat uh, going forward with, with the front players.
1: Yeah, I, I saw so, I, mean, I, I just, I just thought they were at it, just high mm. energy, just really, really sharp from the beginning. Totally dominated the first half, and and, and when they go two 0 up, role Alvarez and Haaland scored goals. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, wow, this could be another. Bit of a bit of a tonking for Brighton um the second half Brighton do what they do and the managers what he does and he mm. he's so all out attacking football it, I, I'm still finding it fascinating to see how he how he goes other teams that's down after 20 minutes Rob yeah. away at Man City are fearing the worst in this game Man City are almost holding on at the end to get the three yeah. points because <laughs> Brighton find a way to get back in and they they keep trying to play their way and it, and it's And they they seem to get opportunities. I mean, playing Solly Marsh at left-back, it looks like he's got a bad injury, by the way, which is a real blow for a player that's in the the form of his mm -hmm. career. Um, Playing him at left-back, and then he's got attacking players throughout midfield and up front. He absolutely goes for a Mm Deserby wherever he is. And even when he goes 2-0 down, Rob, there's no sense of being pragmatic at all. There's not a pragmatic bone in his body. (laughs) It's all about, we'll find a way, we'll get our passing going. And they did. And the second half, yeah. they get the goal. Ansu Fati scores. And then City, you know, Pep's making defensive substitutions. Two defenders come on late, I think it was. Uh, yeah. And Brighton wore them right to the end. So <clears throat> I thought it was a game where both teams in some ways come out with credit. I mean, I, I still find it difficult to, to predict the Brighton lineup. And And, yeah. like, God, there's some good players on the bench. And, like, why? It, it, well, we had well back, really, and
2: Wellback got injured, didn't he, early? And, and Ferguson had to come on 40 minutes into the yeah. game. Which, you know. Yeah affects things as well, because obviously they're, they're a different profile. But, yeah, you, you, he's going to play his football, he's going to play his way, and that's why every now and then we see a bit of a freak result against Brighton, because maybe when it doesn't work, it, it all doesn't work one day. But mm-hmm. he moves on, he has his confidence in, in what he does and how he does it, and he's not one of their managers who's ever going to ask him to play long and don't you know don't take touches in there. He's going to believe in what he does, and I think because of that, the players believe, and, yeah, it could have been, um, you know, you wouldn't have been that surprised if some if Brighton had found a way to 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 get a, a two two draw. Uh, one player who caught my eye, Rob, who it's kind of unfair that City is so good, and then this guy's come in. And and, and the biggest credit I can give him is he's almost bought another option. It's Jeremy Doku, yeah, left hand side. Now I know he, maybe yeah. he's playing against James Milne, who's maybe coming towards the end of his career. Struggled, yeah, certainly is in in the right back role with somebody as as, as raw pace, skill and ability as docu he, he he reminds me a little bit of what Sane gave him when he first came to the, the club, Rob. That ability with his pace to run out, in and out, but can get to that byline and cut balls back. And we know mm. with City, if and when they get there, there's going to be... Good options in the box, quality players in the box who can one touch, who can manipulate the ball, who can bend it in if it comes across. And um, I just thought for for the first certainly the first forty five minutes, I thought he was outstanding. Um, he, he's mm-hmm. going to be a real asset to 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 City and a real threat to to Aguilera issues, A different type and maybe in a different game can brings a, a different quality. But just his raw pace and that ability to go in off on his right or outside on his left, um, hmm. with a, with a forward line that's got Alvarez and 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 Hoyland and De Bruyne to come and Silva and all the rest, Foden is um, is a bit frightening to be honest.
1: I mean it's kind of interesting, Rob Jack Grealish, like who who was one of Pep's first picks. I see his left hand side; he's out right now, and I, and I I don't know whether I'm 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 jumping the the mark a little bit here, overstepping the mark a little bit. I wonder if, if his attitude hasn't quite been to Pep's liking, Rob. Since oh, travel. I, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the, the big celebrations i, I, think, stuff. I tend
2: to think, sense that Pep doesn't mind him being Jack the lad, if you excuse the pun, that he, he, he likes a bit of personality and character. As long as you're doing your work, as long as well, you... Well, maybe, maybe he's not doing the work,
1: work there, Rob. Maybe, it's a, that, maybe that might be yeah. affecting his work maybe. and training. Pep's all about training. How his players train, mm-hmm. that is how he picks his team. And at the moment, Doka, as you said, is a great threat on the left, the left-hand side. You got Foden playing on the right side. Of the other, mm. Alvarez and Silva playing in those eight positions. I mean, he was. was Look, a huge there's a lot form. of
2: football though, as well. As well, Rob. they play young yeah, boys. Don't is. they? This week in the Champions League, you know, it's whether he might drop yeah. him straight back into that one, and and you know, obviously they've got the Manchester Derby coming up next weekend. So, with one thought mm. on that, there's probably plenty of football and whatever. But it, it is interesting, you know. He was the darling, wasn't he? Jack to the end of last season mm. as they won and. I think it's it's very much pep as well that you know you've got to earn the right, haven't you? They talk about Calvin Phillips now. As I think, is as getting the reckoning that this ain't for him at the moment. This ain't, he ain't yeah. gonna look like he's going to mm-hmm. get a place and might have to move on. Interesting that with both Rodri back, but John Stones back as well, mate. John Stones. I was watching the game. Sometimes he he ends up at left wing or centre forward, or I mean, it's incredible that the kind of. Hmm change in the freedom with which Pep and the respect that yeah. he gives him now in, in terms of playing and overloading in areas where, you know, we've normally swim just sitting at the back and, and making sure things are tight.
1: It's probably my favorite situation, Rob, because this is this is when Stones play centre back mm. and the midfield. So you know when the, the full backs go in there, they call it yeah. the inverted fullback. I'm not sure whether there's a name for an inverted centre back, or center back, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the, the, the trendy name is yet. But he goes into midfield from centre back, and we've seen that from City. We've seen a Kanji that um, before, and I kind of like it. It's kind of simple yeah. from centre yeah. back. The board, the, they have they have the build up play, and he goes into midfield, and then you've got a back three of Walker. Um, it was a Kanji and Guardial that I like. I mean, three proper defenders, and there's others yeah. to come in there. Ruben Diaz is to come in there. Um... So, so I like I, my favourite city when they when they bring a defender into midfield is from centre back whether it's a kanji or Stones. Just on a kanji, Rob, another two yellow card, red card. It, it, it's going to hurt them. He's out for the next game. They get a one game suspension against Manchester yeah, United next yeah. weekend. But that's a blow for them. Other than that, I thought City were 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 good value in an awkward second half where you might expect to be to cruise control. They were not because Brighton have got this. The way of playing they'll, they'll keep going they'll try and find a way with their, their football so um, it was a good, good win for them Rob given they lost the last two Premier League games in Man City so yeah. good victory Um, and I thought back to kind of a hungry uh, fast-paced and, and pretty attack-minded team and Harlan's goal with sheer power with his left foot um, really 9-9 really you know? yeah, really yeah
2: I mean I thought there was a bit of frustration and everything and that yeah. one. he got it wasn't he yeah. it? Yeah. it was like bang yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, good win for City. Go back to the top of the table, which is usually a bit early for them. They don't worry about tables until we get down to April, mm. March, April, and May time. But um, yeah, good win mm. for, for City ahead of uh, next week's big derby at Old Trafford. Um, listen, mate, well, let's get to a few other results. We we had a game yeah. uh, today. Claret and Blue Derby of Aston Villa at home to West Ham. Two teams in good form came into. The game sixth versus ninth, or in sixth uh, West Ham in ninth. Um, but I think we we have appreciated both these managers, both these teams in terms of what they've done. West Ham winning the Conference League trophy last season and, and having a decent start to, to the league. And I am just considering continuing to go strength to strength, even though they're in European competition this time around as well. Um, hmm. So, expecting this one to be pretty tight, mate. Probably fancied Villa because of their home They, they were on a run of 10 straight home wins in the, in the Premier League. So, probably, you know, fancied Villa maybe to nick it. But I didn't see a Villa 4-1 win against West Ham. I've got to be honest.
1: Hmm. I, I just thought it was a great game, Rob. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed today. I mean, we we had the four game windows yesterday. So, we literally sat down for eight hours watching football. Really enjoyed and, the and weekend the, off.
2: Oh, Both of us with the weekend off, mate. That well, kind of off. Got got kind off, of off, but still yeah. not, sat in watching, not, not in studio. studio. Not in, in, studio. in yeah. cell phone, so, Not in studio.
1: Hmm. But there's so many games, wasn't it? And there's so yeah. many notes. And like I enjoyed yeah. getting up this morning and like yeah. one game to focus on. And I really enjoy, particularly Villa at the moment. Really mm-hmm. enjoy what what you know, Emery's doing to the team, the way that they play, the way that they mm. build up. You know me, Rob. I love something a yeah. bit different. And they continue to do something different in midfield, where they get between the lines as good mm-hmm. as any team in the league. Maybe the best of those McGinn and Zanya are getting in in the hole. The way that there's some subtle interchanges, position you've got the. And the forwards going some
2: to DRB. DRB's very clever going in there at times.
1: Well, yeah, it'll Mm -hmm. swap sometimes with John McGinn. McGinn, There's another midfield. There's a midfield kind of interchange that goes on. So Mm -hmm. they've got like two or three bits in the team where players moves, change yeah. positions yeah. And, it, and it just frees them up a little bit and it gets their football going really, really well. And I enjoyed West as well. I thought they were super... I mean, we had Lee Dixon come in on the game and, yeah. and I agreed where they, they got into their position really mm. strong, great shape. you got Ward doing really good work Rob, offensively as well now in that yeah. area. And um, with the other guy, Alvarez, the new signing, the two new signings in midfield, I, I just thought it was a really good game of football. And Aston Villa, Villa you know, if... Right now, if I could go to a game, Rob, <clears throat> in the Premier League, I think I want to go to Villa Park. I think I just want to yeah. go there, sit there, and watch what a team and a club that have been desperate for some for something a real good side for a long period of time now. Yeah. I just like the way that they play. I do, and what a job he's done. There were some numbers, Rob. I think this time last year there were three points under Steven Gerrard. Three yeah. points away from the relegation zone, um, with what they've done right now, best league start for twenty-five years. They're up to fifth in the league table, Rob. And and, and when we saw them the first weekend of the season, they get they got smashed, didn't they? St James's Park, yeah, but yeah, um, ball, didn't they? Yeah. You know, they still they still got a high line. They still play mm. with a high line, but when but when they when they put the pressure on correctly in there, that's not a problem. Um, so I enjoy. I really enjoyed again. The there's
2: no Mings. Uh, there's no Bundia. Yeah. You know, two players. Yeah. probably in the starting eleven. You know, and people are moaning at, you know other teams are moaning about or, who haven't been there. I think it, uh, yeah. I saw a similar start up since he's taken over in IM, which was about November the fifth. So we're coming up to virtually calendar year. Only Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool have got more points than Aston Villa in that period. Yeah. I mean, that shows yeah. over a period of time, mate. That the, the, the work's been done and it's been yeah. shown. In, yeah. I wrote a couple of notes just on a couple of players. like like I know Douglas Luiz is, is one of your favourites. I think he's scored in six straight uh, Premier League games now yeah. at, at Villaport. Home games. Yeah, yeah. home games. And it, it, it's just an example of seeing a player playing at his potential. Because often you see some players who, or, or some teams, you know, Man United, we, we could say, have got good players, but they're not playing near their potential. He's got a number of players. You talk of Louise Watkins, who we'll talk about. You know, with with goals in his, in, in his assists and his running it in behind, his understanding, he's growing un, under the coach. Um, and there's another guy, Rob. I wanted to mention actually. Who, who just caught my eye today, and I kept seeing him. And mm-hmm. he's not one of them who probably gets the headlines. He's not one of them who's the commentators talk about that much. But who Kamara?
1: Yeah, good player.
2: Good player, my friend.
1: Mm, yep, more player.
2: important player than people think in that team. Yeah, I you know Louise gets the headlines, he's probably better on the eye, technically no, him, but, maybe mm. a bit stronger and gets forward and gets gold. But the other fella, technically smart, mate, reads the opposition well. He's a lovely footballer, he's got nice balance, left foot, right foot. Yeah. He's twenty, he's twenty-three years of age, French international. Stevie G bought him in, and he got injured, didn't he? I think when he first came in the football club, and, and and was out for a little while. You know, mm. Stevie G. You know, things didn't go that well for him. That's something he he, he gave him a little bit of a mm. of a gift in this young man because I think he, mm. he he's a he's a proper player in there, mate. And he doesn't really get the credit. We talk about the front guys and Watkins and Diarby and talk about the the concerts and the cashes, and he's one of them who doesn't really get a mention. But I, I thought he was excellent mm. today. His passing, his continuity, he, his understanding of his position—you know, if, if, when they do move or they make transitions—I just thought he, he, he was one of those that um is it, just another sneaky good
1: undun. I am developing his game. Great shout! Great shout! He, he's, you know, I don't know whether we've had him as an underappreciated performer, Rob, but he's, he's that—he's that type. So it's a, yeah. it's a great pick out. I think Douglas Ruiz, um We might have mentioned him last year. Yeah, we might, yeah. He's yeah. better than what people think. I think Bubakar Kamara is a great shout because I think there was some real publicity about him over the last few weeks, Rob, about how good a player he is. And he's three. I think Douglas Luiz is 25. Um, you yeah. had McGinn, Zaniolo, who's been mm-hmm. been pretty good, pretty clever the way he comes inside. Yeah. It's just a good story. And I thought, final shout on this game, Rob, you know, the bench. Yuri Tillemans comes on, makes an assist yeah. for, for Leon Bailey. So Leon so Bailey, they've got yeah. good options off the bench, apart from the ones that there's a left-back as well. I can't think of his name now. The, the Villa left-back that, that was bought in by the current regime,
2: Oh, Moreno. Also, Moreno. that's you know, Moreno. Moreno. Yeah. He's, he's close yeah. to
1: going back to fitness as well. So yeah. you've got got you've got, you've got him, a manager, yeah. you've got that Monchi, the new director of football, yeah. football, who's worked with uh, Una Emery before, of course, to great success at Sevilla. It's got to be a pretty fun time to be an Aston Villa supporter right yeah. now and fair play. Again, it's been tilted to Villa. Um, but again, I, final point from me, on West Ham, I, I like what they're doing as well. Uh, yeah. I just thought, Antonio was a little disappointed front for them. Yeah, he, he played uh,
2: he played in for Jamaica, didn't he, I think, in oh, um, corner of the city. So, I think he's had a bit of travelling and been away. Not that I'm giving an excuse, but um, sometimes, yeah. obviously, those yeah. are the things. And then both these teams go in Europe, Rob, as well, midweek now. So, that's yeah. the other test. Villa yeah. away at Al- uh, is it Altmore and West Ham. Um, I think it's away at Olympiakos. So, mm. you know, challenging and then got to get back to it to weekends. So after international breaks, that maybe in the past, not all the players have gone, you know, everybody virtually is leaving the training ground. You get them back maybe on a Friday, do a little bit of work and then you got to get ready
1: to go again. Mm. Right, mate, let's just, let's just wrap up the podcast now. Just anything that kind of, any other business really, I suppose, you'd be like. I'll run down a few of the results, Rob. We've got yeah. you Crystal Palace nil. you know, Newcastle absolutely flying at the moment. Mm. Goals from from different parts of the side. Important goals, I guess, for Wilson, uh, Anthony Gordon. Bournemouth 1, Wolves 2. And this is where my little underappreciated performer is going to pop into our slate. And it's Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill, underappreciated massively at Bournemouth Football Club last Mm -hmm. year for the job that he did to keep them uh, into the Premier League comfortably at the end of it. I spat, I literally spat my tea out on the morning (laughs) in in the summer when I I, I heard that he'd been fired for Bournemouth. Um, And then he jumps over to Wolverhampton Wanderers. He goes to his old place and wins 2-1. They're comfortably out of the relegation zone. We thought, I think I tipped them to go down, actually, Rob, given the turmoil of the manager, Lopetegui, leaving the club and financial fair play issues. What a job he's done at Wolverham And And really, like, Oh, absolutely underappreciated at Bournemouth. Now things might change, and and Ari, Iriola might when things are at Bournemouth. But the moment they're in the bottom three, looking yeah. like they can't find a way to to score or to stop goals going in, and Gary O'Neill is, is proven himself to be a smart. Really, I, I like the way he, we we spoke to him pitch side at Old yeah. Trafford. I like yeah. him. I like I like his football teams. I like the way his teams seem very motivated, organised. And what a job he's doing at Wolves. So, Gary O'Neill is by far and away my most outstanding, underappreciated performer from this weekend.
2: It's a great shout, mate. Um, and if you remember, our last game of the season when we were at Goodison Park with Everton, it was Everton v Bournemouth. I remember yeah. we were sitting behind him and we were close yeah, up. And us. Was. I was yeah, impressed, with the way he just dealt with everything. His he subs, his staff, he was, you know. And, and on the day, Everton won and stayed up and, and whatever. And the last thing you're thinking that he's not going to be in charge of the football club. In between that, we we meet him first day of the season uh, at Wolves. His Wolves team played brilliant football, outplayed Manchester United and should have got something from the game, end up losing 1-0 United um getting the victory that, that day. But um mm-hmm. you're right, it's a really good shout. And I think he's somebody who's his stocks rising. I, I think you're getting to the stage where I was watching I saw Dean Smith was at the game at Villa today, and I'm starting to think to myself. Gary O'Neill will probably get a, a, a shot at a job before Dean Smith now, a Premier League job. He will, he's, still
1: he's, got, yeah, he's still got a bit to do, Rob, any? He? Oh, he, yeah, he I, I'm not saying goals, he, he's yeah.
2: arrived yet, but I think these the, 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 the trajectory. And I think there's an understanding. I think these are, you know, people thought that the, the Bournemouth thing was a bit harsh. Listen, the owner buys the club, he has a right to go in what direction he wants. But I think you can hmm. see in Gary O'Neill's t- uh, teams. A style of play, what he's trying to do, it doesn't always work, and you know he's been at, gone into walls, difficult situation. But he, he's got them playing pretty mm. handily, and I, I could see walls being fourteenth, thirteenth in the table, and, and not and being congr- in any that'd relegation. Be that'd the be end, really good.
1: Yeah. yeah, that'd be really, really good. That'd be really, really good. Last couple: Nottingham Forest two, uh, Luton yeah. Town two, Brenton, Trinolo, three, Burnley nil. So Brentford's found some form and, and you know, they yeah. forwards without Ivan Tony, and Burma scored and, and Worcester scored as well. A great goal from Burma, wasn't it? Shot yeah, the in.
2: yeah,
1: lovely, the yeah. Top so Brentford may found mm-hmm. a form, good moment in time. So that wraps up a, a very enjoyable, as ever, Premier League weekend.
2: Yeah. Uh, on a weekend uh, when we lost uh, Bobby Charlton, you know, a legend of English football, it was a day when Manchester United just had to win at Bramall Lane uh, to Mark the passing of the great man. We'll be back next week, uh, which is match week 10. That includes the little match of a Manchester derby at Old Trafford, where United host Manchester City. That's on Sunday. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty, together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. It's a good night from me.
1: And it's good night from him. Good night.
0: Friday, Friday, it's almost like whoever named Friday knew it should be celebrated with free fries,
1: free fries, Friday at McDonald's, get a free medium fries with any purchase of a dollar or more on the
0: McDonald's app. Offer valid through 930 to participate in McDonald's excludes tax. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up?